0: Full old song. Turn to Revelation chapter 3 please. Revelation chapter number 3. Once you have located that, locate verse number 14. And unto the angel of the church of Laodicea write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing, Thou knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that thy shame and the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eye with eye salve that thou mayest see. As many as I love. I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Father, thank you for the Bible. Help us, please, tonight. Lord, as we are reminded by verse after verse, as we skip from one verse to another, how many things come to our mind. The longer we've been saved, the more the Holy Ghost of God should remind us of things, perhaps that have lied, lay a little dormant in our minds. So refresh us tonight that we would think once again what are we doing here? What are we supposed to be doing? What is required of us? What is God looking for? Lord, help us please tonight. And I'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Most people would not like to live in a country where there are no churches. But a lot of people in America live as though there are no churches. Yeah. Yeah. We have come to that, I fear. Before we actually read some of the scriptures I want to read to you, there's a section of verses here starting in verse chapter 1, verse 4, through chapter 3, verse number 19, that actually is talking about what a lot of people call the church age and how it changes with time. Now, whether you believe that's true or not is not the point. The point is, if that is true, what they're trying to indicate, if that is true, then this church of Laodicea represents the last church in that changing of order as time goes on. That would mean the age we live in right now would fit that bill right there. So what does that mean? Well, after this, you'll find out not another church is mentioned. I don't know exactly what that means. I don't know if that means we're on the precipice of the rapture or uh, God has different ideas that maybe we do not know. I can't answer that. I only know there's not another church mentioned after the church of Laodicea. I want you to understand also we see the last invitation given to sinners, given to sinners here in Revelation. Look at chapter number 4, verse number 1. After this I looked, behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was that it were a trumpet talking to me, which said, come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on that throne and he was, and it goes on and begins to describe what he is like here. With all of that in mind, we had to understand after the church age, nobody knows when that is. I don't care what you read online. I don't care what book, who comes out with what. This is where you have to know your Bible well enough at least to know this. The Bible, Jesus Christ himself said, no man knoweth the hour, the time, only the Father in heaven. He didn't even say he did. He said the Father in heaven. So when somebody says Jesus should come back in 2024, please do not believe them. I don't care how much proof they've got, believe what God said, not what some human being is trying to get money and a following off of. So we see here in chapter number 3, starting at verse number 14, we start reading about this church, the Laodicean church. And unto the angel of the church of Laodicea write, and he starts to tell us what he wants written down. But I want you to pay attention to verse number 15. I know thy works. God knows every church's works. Knows not only every individual, but a church overall. He already knows that I know thy works. Thou art neither cold or hot. Now, in today's society, that'd be the perfect kind of church you want to go to. It's not really cold, but it's not on fire to irritate people either. But I would that you would. So God is saying, I know what you are, but here's what I would like. I'd either want you cold or hot. Now, see, I wouldn't have said that. I would have told you you need to get on fire and you need to stay there. But God, what he's saying is those that are lukewarm are the ones that's causing most of the confusion. I would, you're either cold, everybody goes, ah, that's a cold church, stay away from that. Or so hot, you don't want to go there unless you go going to live right. But it's those in between is who he's talking about here. So watch what he says in verse 16. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out. You make God sick. This spew is the same thing that the whale did to Jonah when he spit him out on the shore, which means to vomit. He would vomit him out. So lukewarm Christians make God sick. I ain't not write the Bible. I'm just telling you what I think it says. So what's he say here? Because thou sayest. Now here's the reason why they think everything's okay. Listen, if this doesn't sound like most churches in America anymore, I don't know what it does. He said, because thou sayest, thou sayest, I, God didn't say this. You're saying this about yourself. I am rich and increased with goods. Well, I don't need of anything. Everything's good. Everything's good. we got buildings. we got carpet. we got pews, air conditioning, parking lots paved. Uh, buses are doing good. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. We don't need anything. That's the way mankind looks at their church sometimes. Watch what God says. And thou knowest not that thou art. Wow, he didn't look at it the same way they did. Wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. He's saying you don't have enough righteousness to cover yourself up. There is something drastically wrong in this church. They looked at it one way and God said, no, nope, that's not it at all. This is what you really are. Now the question is, why could they not see that? Why could they not see their condition here? So then he begins to tell them, he gives them good counsel on what they need to do. Where they need to buy good stuff instead of the stuff they've been buying into. Are you listening to me? Yeah, Too many churches buying into stuff they think is going to make them rich and make them look better. Yeah. Yeah, you know that's the truth. But that's not what it should be. What a mess this church is in. And in verse number 17, you're increased with good. You have need of nothing. Really? Let me tell you what I think is really going. Not what I think. God's going to tell you what's really going on. And this, They thought this. God said, nope, this is what it is. Now, he didn't just drop them, shoot them, saying, I don't care, I don't love you anymore. He said, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to make a suggestion on what you need to do. And so he does that. This church no longer had a biblical, godly purpose for its existence. This church no longer had a godly, biblical purpose for its existence. This church had become a fruitless church, a fruitless church, but they did not recognize it. Why is it they did? Why could they not recognize this? Because they were looking at a, what a real church is one way. And God said, no, no, this is what a real church is. So now we got to clarify what exactly is an on fire fruit bearing church. What does that even mean? I believe many churches believe they are alive. I believe they really do. I believe they think they're pleasing to God, but in fact, according to Bible standards, they're not a Bible church at all. They're not a biblical church at all. We at Anchor, I believe, I believe, I believe this. I believe we have a biblical church. I'm going to. I'm, going to, I'm not just saying that because I'm the pastor. I'm going to do my best to explain to you why I believe that. Here's something you cannot do. You cannot just say I believe that too. Why? you got to have a Bible reason. You can't just go along with the crowd because the crowd's loud. What is the sign of a church that is alive? What is the sign? He said they're dead. He told them why. He gave them good counsel. So now we know what this is really talking about here. What type of fruit or evidence can be seen to know if a church, a local church, is a biblical Church according to the Bible. I'm glad you asked that question. You have some great questions. Luke chapter number 13. Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter number 13. In Luke chapter number 13, verse number 6. Luke chapter 13, verse number 6. He speak also a parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And uh, he, he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then he said to the dresser of the vineyard, the person who kept watch over everything, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth the ground? It's taking up space. Get rid of it. Watch what he says. He answered and said, listen to me now, listen to me. He answered and said, and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also. Give me another year. Give me another year. And I shall dig about it and dung it. He's going to fertilize the tree. He's going to loosen the ground around it. He's going to make it to where it can produce. If there's any hope at all, I'm going to do everything I can to make this tree produce. Now watch what he says. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after thou, uh, that shalt thou cut it down. Listen to me carefully. Jesus describes the fig tree here. Now understand, he recognized it as a fig tree. He didn't say, what kind of tree is that? No, he knew it was a fig tree. That was not the problem was what kind of a tree that it was. But he came to the fig tree and examined it and said, it's a fig tree, but there are no figs. So the problem wasn't whether it was a fig tree or not. It was a fig tree. The problem was a fig tree did not have any fruit on it. It was not bearing any. Jesus immediately, he'd been coming now for three years. so, So now he goes, that's all. That's it. We're done cut it down. white cumber it up? It's just taking up space. It's not producing anything. Again, in America, we plant things for shade. Other places, they plant things for food. And Jesus was hungry and walked through the vineyard and saw a fig tree I can't imagine what he was thinking, something like, oh good, figs, it had been a while. I don't know what he was thinking, but when he went there, there was nothing on the fig tree. It was a fig tree, you understand this, it was a fig tree. Another tree put in its place something that will not just take up space, but will bear fruit. I want you to notice, it being a fig tree was not what's in question here. What was in question was, it was a fig tree, it should have produced figs, but it was not producing anything at all. Many unlearned Christians will tell you the fruit of a Christian is love, joy, peace, kindness, meekness, faith, these things, and they say, oh, no, that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's the fruit of a Christian. No, it's not. According to Galatians, that's the fruit of the Spirit. So let me ask you a question What would be the fruit of an apple tree? It's green leaves. Now, here in America, you may not know any different, okay? You're raised up in the city. You're going, got me, preacher. I go to Kroger and get my apples. (laughs) Well, let me ask you something. Then again, what would be the fruit of a fig tree? I I gave you the hint. Fig tree. See how that works? See, yeah. (laughs) The airborne guy's going, i get it. What's that? Fig tree. Okay? Banana tree. Okay? Pineapples don't grow on that, right? So if you went by and you were hungry and you went by a fig tree and said, oh good, a fig tree. Wait a minute. There are no figs here. You understand the fruit it bears. The Bible said in Genesis from the very beginning when God created everything after its own kind. Everything including the seed bearing tree. Everything after its own kind. So therefore a fig tree is by nature by God's design. Spoke I don't understand seedless watermelons. I don't Honestly, I have no idea how they do that. And by the way, you keep doing that. Where are you getting seeds to plant? Is it just me? It's stupid, isn't it? Or is it just me? (laughs) No, I I like seedless watermelon, but I just don't get it. I don't know how all that happens. What is the fruit of an apple tree? The Bible teaches everything after its own kind. So you would say the fruit of an apple tree would not be its strong limbs. You wouldn't say that. The fruit of an apple tree, you mean its strong limbs. Nobody would say that. I don't think, hopefully. Would you say the fruit of a cherry tree, if it's beautiful blossoms? Is that what the fruit of a cherry tree is? Oh, look at its beautiful blossoms. No, you planted a cherry tree for, not blossoms, for cherries. See, it's a rhetorical. Folks, the is no. Okay, there we go. Now, so what happens here? The fruit of a Christian then would be what? Our wonderful personality. Well, that leaves some of you out right there. The fruit of a Christian then would be what? The talents we possess. The fruit of a Christian then would be what? Our loving ways. The fruit of a Christian then would be what? His church attendance, his tithing. What would be the fruit of a Christian? Remember, Jesus did not rebuke it for being a fig tree. He rebuked it for being a fig tree and not bearing figs or fruit, right? What do you plant fruit trees for? You don't plant fruit trees for wood and you don't plant fruit trees for shade. You plant fruit trees for fruit. If a fruit tree does not reproduce itself, it is not bringing forth that for which it was planted. Listen to me. It is not bringing forth that for which it was planted. It is not bringing forth that for which it was planted. planted. Are you listening to me? When a church becomes more interested in recreation than recreation, it becomes a fruitless church. Did you listen to that? You want me to say it again? When churches, this one or any other church, becomes more interested in recreation than recreation, it becomes a fruitless church and no longer serves the main reason for which it was planted in that area. We even call it when we go to the place, it's a church what? That's right. That's what we call it, right? We call it a church plant. And that's exactly, that's a good term for that because that's really what it is. Christ is the head of the local church and planted it. He planted the Anchor Baptist Church. Jesus Christ planted the Anchor Baptist Church. Now we are the people who are supposed to watch over and make sure that it produces like the fig tree. He came to the person watching over the field and looked at him and said, What's going on here? I come to get figs off of this tree and it's not bearing any. I've been here three years. Nothing has happened. Now, everything in its own season. I got that part. Jesus said, I've been by here three years and nothing's happened. Cut it down. Oh, I'm sorry. Give me one more year. I'll work at it. I'll I'll help it to produce. I'll do everything in my power. And then, if it doesn't, then it'll be okay. Jesus said, All right, we'll let it go. We'll give you a chance. To make things happen. In Matthew chapter 13 verse 23. Turn there please. Matthew 13. Verse 23. A live church. Just because you amen loud or clap. Doesn't mean you have a live church. You may have a lively church. But it doesn't mean it's a live church. Matthew 13.23. But he that receiveth seed into good ground. Is he that. Here it is. Ready? Heareth the word, understandeth it, and also beareth fruit. Okay, don't stop reading too soon. And bringeth forth. So some will bear more fruit than others, churches, people. That's true. Some fig trees will produce more fig tree, figs on it than other fig trees, but there's still a fig tree. Their purpose was to bear fruit, no matter what their size is or the amount that they they should always be producing fruit. So the Lord said here, he that receiveth seed, receiveth seed, right? right? We read another parable where the sower went out and sowed seed in the field. And later on, it describes that the field was the world and the seed was the word of God. Are you you listening to You remember that part? So he says here, in good ground. When the Lord planted the Anchor Baptist Church, it was good ground. It was good ground. It took right off. I mean, it began to sprout and bloom, and almost Amen. the first year, right out, of the first first thing out of, out of the package, I mean, it started producing fruit right off the bat. Amen. It was a good. It was a good plant. We heard the word of God, and people. You know, we had in our earlier days people going out, soul winning, winning other people to Christ, and they weren't even saved yet. Strangest thing. One day I'm looking around and most of the people that were in church, deacons and everybody, of course, deacons probably ought to get saved, but they were getting saved. It's pretty amazing. They were out soul winning and one of them came back crying and saying, I don't think I'm saved. They kept explaining the story so much they brought conviction on themselves and said, I need to get this thing right. I thought that was a wonderful story. So we find out here that we want to bear fruit. There shouldn't be a church anywhere where believers can come and hear the word of God, that word be planted in good soil in their heart, and all of us should begin to produce, all of us should begin to produce fruit. All of us should begin to produce fruit. In Acts chapter number one, verse number eight, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you for what? Why do we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, you said, preacher, one thing is to show off the gifts that I've got. No, that's not Bible. Well, so I can show others how I can endure troubles no matter what. No, that's not what he's talking about. So I can show others how beautiful my church is. Tell them all about our school, my nice family, how I know my Bible. No, he specifically said, and ye shall be witnesses unto me or of me. So when a church quits telling other people about Jesus Christ, by the way, not just from the platform. You do understand the gospel is to be taken into the world. The Bible is to be preached to God's people in here. So when we're talking about the gospel and bearing new fruit, we have to go out into the world to do that. But we have decided to do what the world, we, churches in general, have decided to do what the world has told us to do for years. Keep your religion inside your own church. And we fell for that, and shame on us. Sinners are saved and put in the family of God, left here on this earth, planted in a local church. If you're saved, you are to be planted. All those new people that's been coming lately, where they at? Our world is teaching people you don't have to go to church to be a good Christian. I beg the difference. You can be saved anywhere, but if you're going to be a good good Christian, you're going to find yourself in a local church planted there and producing fruit. A church whose main purpose is no longer to bring forth fruit. What are they? What are they doing? What's their existence? What are they doing? Is a church without a biblical purpose? What is the biblical purpose for a church being here on this earth? You Go ahead. You know what it is. Tell people about Jesus. Right? Now what we do, we take the gospel out there, right? Yes. We win people to Christ, then we bring them into the family of God in here. Yes. We teach and preach to them the Bible for what? So we can get big stacks of outlines and notes. No, so that they can learn about the Lord. Now we go back out in the world and when more people and we just keep planting and reaping and planting and sowing and fruit bearing. And this is what we're supposed to be doing. Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 30. Most of you know this verse. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls. When you first get saved, that sounds spooky, doesn't it? Winning souls. What is, the, what is it? winning souls? That's weird, isn't it? That's what kind of church you going to. One of these days I'm gonna get music in the background. Okay. We had Santa Claus up here. She fell apart though. <laughs> now you girl not go like this. Our preacher believes in Santa Claus. I don't, Mrs. Bell does. Now most of Christianity is not a tree of life. Most of Christianity is anything but a tree of life anymore. When sinners come by in our need of life, most do not have any fruit to offer them at all. We have entertainment, we have nice buildings, we have programs, we have things for everybody except for the true hungry sinner. looking for christ and this is where christians everybody in this room i don't care what country you come from i don't care what color you are i don't care your education value i don't care about your economic standards everybody who is in a local church everybody who is a born-again christian should be a witness producing fruit for jesus christ what good what good is a christian that does not give life to other people What good is a Christian that just keeps everything to himself? What you are in name or maybe even being born again, you're a Christian, but we're not bearing any fruit. If Jesus were here, what would he say? Cut it down, let somebody else have that guy's seed. Why? He's not producing anything. Now just take it on the chin or in the heart, do what God's talking to you about. Many churches like the Laodicean church, they say, oh no, we're doing real good over and you go, oh, man, look at the crowd. Brother, listen to me. If a crowd means you're doing real well, then the Catholics are doing great. The Mormons are doing exceptional. And Jehovah's Witnesses, no witness, whatever. Okay. The Bible says, they say, they say, this church says, of themselves, we're rich. We're, we're increasingly with goods. I mean, we have padded pews and air conditioning and, and we've got security everywhere. We've got the nicest parking lots. We've got gates on the front of our, uh, wherever you pull in and where you pull out. We don't let raff hang around here, boy. We just shoot them and get them out of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Churches say we're a true church and they may be. Remember, the fig tree wasn't questioned whether it was a fig tree. It was a fig tree. It was a true fig tree. That wasn't the problem. The problem was it wasn't bearing any fruit. And Jesus wasn't going to put up with that. Jesus saved them and planted them here to bear fruit so others can eat and partake of that fruit. You understand? Christianity today is pruning dead limbs. Painting dead leaves green. Hanging artificial fruit on their limbs, none of which can give life. None of which can give life. You ever go by these people's table and they have a, a bowl of fruit on there? They make artificial fruit. Seriously, you know I'm telling you the truth. They make artificial fruit look so real. You have to go over and touch it to find out. They make fake trees. My wife's got some of them in the house. You go like, honey, is this real? And you go over, it feels like it's like it's made of Real leaf, whatever that means. Okay. And you go like this. No. I said, do you have to water this? I mean, you don't water plastic stuff. Okay. There you go. I didn't know that. So sit down. So what do you have here? Watch this very carefully. We have decided a lot of churches to fake it. Now, how would you know? Only when, look, only when you're hungry and need to eat the fruit. That's what Jesus did on his way by. Showing the hungry sinner our programs, showing the hungry sinner our nice land, our buildings, how pretty our leaves are, will never satisfy a hungry soul. Never satisfy a hungry soul. You need to quit worrying so much about my attitude and what I preach on. Well, if the preacher was nice, more people would come. First of all, you don't know that. I've tried to be nice. It just don't work for me. I don't know why that is. It'll never feel their emptiness or their hunger. They need churches like this. Need to quit pruning dead limbs, hoping it'll show better. They need to really quit painting all the their dead leaves. They're dead. But the bigger problem is not the leaves and it's not the limbs. Now I'm gonna tell you something. I think is the problem. Just like here, the angel of Leo is talking about the preacher. He's talking about the preacher. We're talking about angel with wings, long hair, you know, sitting at the foot of your bed. That's not what he's talking about. I'm being facetious. That doesn't happen. He's talking about the preacher. And actually, those are the ones that I blame. When people come here and they're not sure how to dress, how to look, what Bible to carry, and they come from another church, I know what the problem is. You've been taught wrong. I hold pastors accountable. By the way, I think Old Testament, New Testament, I can prove that in the Bible too. God always holds leadership accountable for what goes on. You understand? So, what happens here is simply this. You come to find out we're doing all these different things. We're even propping up broken, half dead limbs, trying to make everything look really, really nice in hopes that more people will come this way. But once they come this way, they're hungry. I'm back to me preaching. Just let me preach what I want to preach. Your job is to, amen, shake your head. It's the root, the preacher, the pulpit, the pulpit of not obeying God to preach the Bible with power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. They're not doing that anymore. We want to be liked so much. Honestly, honestly, honestly. I want to be liked. I'll pay people to like me. Some of you. Who doesn't want to be liked? But when it comes to the word of God, you cannot preach or do it that way. I cannot do that. We must uproot the dead religious tree that bears no fruit. Do you know something? I don't know if I say this or not. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. When I first came here, there were half a dozen churches that told me not to come back to Columbus. One even had the braveness to send me a map and show me where everybody had taken their part of Columbus and asked me what part was mine. Had I had the boldness or the stubbornness that I have now, I'd have circled all of Columbus and told him to move. I don't know why God brought me here when there were churches in every corner of Columbus, Baptist churches, fundamental Baptist churches. Now, here's what I think, which is what's going to happen to this church. We don't start producing fruit like God tells us we need to. If we don't get out of our lukewarmness, I don't know, you want to go to church tonight? I don't know, it's a good game on TV. Well, you know, I got a business call coming through. Maybe we need to stay home. Now, you listen to me, you listen to me well. God's going to call some young preacher that has nothing to lose, going to go over to a storefront somewhere, going to scream and preach about everything and everybody's going to say, wow, this guy is on fire for God. I need to invite people to go listen to this guy. That's what happened to me. By the way, one preacher said, why did did people come and listen to you? He said, I just set myself on fire. They come watch me burn. I don't mean literally. So what happens here is we need to uproot. I, I don't know why God brought them up. Were they dying? And God said, okay, I need a church in Columbus. Not a building. There are plenty of buildings. Yeah. Congregations. Yeah. If you're not bearing fruit as a church, you are a church. Yeah. But people who are hungry come by looking for fruit yeah. Yeah. to fill their emptiness and their need. Yeah. We, somewhere along the line, God's going to plant a church. And you'll be like, if you're not careful, like other churches. How come he's taking all of our people? First of all, can I help you understand something? I have not reached out. Actually, Brother Manning, you all know Brother Manning? I like Brother Manning. Brother Manning called up one day and said, Preacher, so-and-so and and -and so-and-so is at my church on a Sunday morning. Uh, Is there something wrong? I said, yep. That's what I thought, he said. You know what other churches do? Glad to have you here. Yeah, Yeah, Brother Bell, he can be that way. Nice guy, love him to death. You know what happens when some of Brother May's or other people's? They don't hardly ever do that. You ever notice that? Yeah, yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were naming off family after family after family that was now attending their church. And I said, When's your preacher going to pay me for winning people to send them to your church? <laughs> I taught them all. Right. Yeah. It was funny. <laughs> it's about time we quit playing church where the services start at 10.30 sharp and end at 12 o'clock dull. That's all we care. I think I've heard that one before anyway. Check out this story. It's got to be the 80th time preachers told this one. See, nothing, nothing, nothing's there anymore. Nothing, nothing is spurring us on to become more obedient to the Lord. What good is an apple tree that bears no apple? What good is it? What good is an apple tree that bears no apple? I thought you planted it to bear apples. What good is a church where it produces no new birth into the family of God? What good is it? Folks, if you want entertainment, I can point you to a dozen different churches. They're full-blown on entertainment. How fruitless and purposeless an apple tree is, which produces—what's its purpose? Right. It's fruitless. It's purposeless. It's not bearing any apples. What good's an apple tree? Get it. apple tree. Did you say tree? Apple tree. Yeah. How fruitless and purposeless is a local church which produces no new Christians? Yeah. Right. Well, we got a whole world dying, going to hell, and we can't seem to find anybody to win the Lord. Yeah. Turn to Revelation chapter three. Revelation chapter number three. I think there's a lot of weird stuff coming across the internet anymore. At least that's what Brother Suley has been telling me. Look okay, at him, he's mad, he's upset. Time. No, not about what I said. Uh, wasn't, right? Yeah, okay, good, yeah. Revelation chapter 3, look at verse number 17. What good is it? You said, Preacher, you never know. Now, why did the Lord do this? Right. They said this, he said, whoa, 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 huh, huh. This is what you really are. And I don't like it. Watch what he says. And starting in verse number 7, chapter number 3, I'm sorry, verse number 17. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. No church should ever even come close to saying that. We don't need anything. Right. Yeah. Why, why would you say that? You have no need to get closer to the Lord. You have no need to try to win centers of Christ. You have no need to reach the lost. You have no need to continue missions and go on. We have no need for that. Oh, no, we're doing good. We're doing okay. God said, let me tell you what your problem is. Watch what he says. He said, First of all, he said, I would rather have you hot or cold. But down in this verse, he's saying this. Because you're neither hot, or I'll spew you out. Knowest not that thou art, boy, that's rough, isn't it? Wretched? Yeah. That's pretty rough language. Yeah. Now, you just said, we don't need anything. He said, well, I'll tell you one thing. You're wretched as all get out. Yeah. Then he says this, and you're miserable. Yeah. Was- miserable. See, you're sitting in church, you think you're rich, you have need of nothing, and Jesus said, you're miserable. You're poor, you think you're rich. He's talking spiritually. You're not rich unto God. You're not rich in spirit. You're not rich in your soul. You're not rich in the scripture. You're not rich in fellowship. You're not rich in winning souls. You're rich with material stuff and money, and you think you don't have need of anything. But watch what the Lord said. No, you're poor. You're very poor, and you're blind. You can't even see what's going on. Ladies and gentlemen, to come in and set into a church and hear a preacher preach and you know you're not living right and you leave a place thinking I'm good with the Lord. I would leave that church because you know you're not right with God. How can we possibly leave a church knowing we're not living right? The preacher just got through preaching, pats us on our pointed head, and we go like, I like that guy. I like like the tone of his voice. Don't you like the tone of his voice? I don't know. Everybody on radio and TV sound like they went to the same announcer school. Unbelievable. Jesus tells them to recognize their condition. Church, I'm asking us, before we get into a place where the Lord's been stopping by for three years and saying, why cumbereth up this land? Amen. Now, with all my heart, I'd hate to see so-and-so, leave-your-tread, charismatic, speak in tongues, holiness, Pentecostal church out there on that sign. Amen. Oh, I'd hate to see that. I'd drive by here, I'd just shoot, and shoot myself. I know. I'd shoot you first. But to some people, I oh, just go find another church. That's how invested you are. Yeah. Yeah. One church as good as another. I beg to differ with you. Yeah. I beg to differ with you. Yeah. Go back to Luke chapter number thirteen. Luke chapter thirteen. Now, see, I really thought I was going out of town, so I was just going to get upset and leave, and let brother let brother Cordray fix the whole thing up. By the time I got back. And if it all fell apart while I was going, not my fault. <laughs> Luke chapter 13. <laughs> By the way, I have all the confidence in the world, Brother Peter. Amen. Amen. I even asked that, Brother Peter, you want me to get, I, maybe I could call a preacher, a friend of mine, come in on an off day and do some preaching. I said, to you, what do you think? He said, I got it. Amen. Come on. You do not got it. <laughs> I believe you could. Luke chapter 13, look at verse number 8. <clears throat> and he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and done. Come on, preacher, give it the program. God put you here to watch over this place, you, for me to watch over you, help you to produce for the Lord. Now, Pastor, give it the program. I can't make you do anything, but I should challenge you and then give you the opportunity to fulfill that challenge. Right. That is part of a pastor job. Till we all come in unity of the faith. That's part of my job. So watch what the Lord says here. And he says, I'll dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, Lord, we look, we saved a tree and it's producing fruit. Wouldn't that be wonderful? We have a church that's slowly dying. It doesn't even recognize it. But the preacher is saying, dear God, please give me a little more time. I will work this thing. I'll pray over it. I'll do everything that needs to take place. I'll do all that I have to do. If it doesn't, then, okay, God, I understand. Said, if it does produce fruit, well. Amen. So he goes on. He says this, and he said, if it produce, uh, if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that thou shall cut it down. He didn't say, "I will." He said the Lord will. Right. Well, See, the Lord planted this church, yeah. and the building may still be here, but He'll cut the thing down. He needs somebody in this area that has some fire and some drive and is willing to still please and will win people to Christ. Folks, listen to me. You're not here to work hard and earn money. You did not get that job so you could make money and make it easy. I'm not against that, but that's not your primary purpose for being there. You mean to tell me God saved us and left us here so we could make money and buy nice stuff? See, people are coming by. At a fig tree looking for fruit to sustain them, to give them strength so that they can go on. Jesus told them if they could get that fig tree to bear fruit, that he would let it exist. And if not, he will cut it down. I want to ask you something. Where are all the other fundamental Baptist churches that when I came here 34 years ago, they're not having any impact. They don't run buses. They don't go soul winning. They don't do hard. But boy, they have great programs. And they keep looking at other churches going, it worked for them, maybe we ought to try that. Those artificial limbs. You're painting leaves. The problem is the root, it's the pastor. The pastor is the problem. You say, well, that's what the people want. The pastor's the problem. There's one way you'll get what you want. Vote me out. Till that's done, you ain't running things. You can vote on things, but it's more like a dictatorship, I'm pretty sure. It may be said of Anchor Baptist Church that our buildings are ugly, our singing's terrible, and our preaching is lacking. And I'd probably agree with most of that. But it should never be said that we're not trying to reach the lost for Jesus Christ. Yeah. It should never be said if somebody's searching for truth and something to sustain and give them life that they can't find it when they come to Baptist yeah. Church. And by the way, it all starts and ends right at the pulpit. Right at the pulpit. It all starts right here. Now, I'll tell you this. You go to 1 Corinthians, and the Bible said if somebody comes into the church unlearned, we all, he's convicted by all. Read the scripture. Not just a preacher. He's convicted by all. That doesn't mean you're preaching. That means you're amenity. That means that you're singing. That means you have a pleasant face. Okay, do the best you can. Some of you don't have much to work with, so we'll have to go with that. Shoe fits, huh? If the face fits, wear it. Uh, Folks, listen to me. Do you not get concerned about these things? If this is really the last example of the New Testament church as it went forward. I'm talking about in a timeline. It was this, it was that, it was this, it was that. And this is the last one, the Laodicean church. Is that us? Are, are we, Do we not recognize these things that the Lord pointed out? Some of these new Christians that are just coming in are going, guess, man, this is great. Can you imagine then how dead some of the places they might have been going were? People come here and know, uh, seriously, going to other churches for 10, 15 years and have not learned the first bit of Bible at all. Yeah. Whatever they do learn, it's so far out of context. Yeah. No, yeah. Nobody's helping them understand these things. Yeah. Right. And they come here and like they're feasting like crazy. Yeah. That's right. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's so one day, not too far from here, you hear about this young preacher. you got to go hear this guy. That's what happened when I got here. We had no buildings. Everything was rented. Had a half a dozen, about 20, 30 chairs in a rented room. Walls looked terrible. Bathroom was awful. Everything we had, no amens, please. Uh, everything we had was, was just, it was awful. But there was one thing I tried to do every time I got up, and that's to set the place on fire. And people just kept coming. Now you listen to me, you listen to me well. Quit calming down the preacher by your reactions to certain things that are said. You'll kill your church. We'll stop producing fruit. And the Lord, not the preacher. There's a poem, It maybe Brother Hauser wrote this. Lord, give me thy love for souls, for lost and wandering sheep, that I may see the multitudes and weep as thou didst weep. Help me to see the tragic plight of souls far off in sin. Help me to love and pray and go to bring the wonders in. From off thy altar of thy heart, take thou some flaming coals that touch my life and give me, Lord, a heart that's hot for souls. O fire of love, O flame divine, make thy abode in me, burn in my heart, burn evermore till I burn out. See, we're so afraid of burning out. Folks, don't be afraid of burning out. You're not even on fire. Nobody in the Bible burned out for Jesus Christ. I don't know who coined that phrase, but to me it's stupid. I know what they think they mean, but there's no Bible for it. There is no Bible for burnout except when you're trying to do a lot of spiritual stuff in the flesh. That cannot be done. Why didn't the Apostle Paul burn out? I mean, good night, he was beat. Stoned to death. Stephen was being stoned and they lied about him. He didn't burn out, he died. The other day, I was talking about it every so often. i get like, man, one of these days i got to figure out when I'm supposed to uh, put a stop to all this and get out of the way. So Jessica's listening to all this preacher, Preacher, who was I? Harold Seidler? Harold Seidler. you don't know who, anybody know Harold Seidler? Some of you oldsters in here maybe do. Harold Seidler was a gravelly southern preacher. Bless God. I mean, this all preach like that. It sounds like gangsters, you know. And uh, so she said, "Preacher, you need to listen to this." He said he's talking about people retiring, re- retiring, retiring, <laughs> retiring. As soon as I think south, I start talking funny. And he said this: "Retire." He said, "I read, and they died, and they died." and they died, and they died, and they died. That's your retirement, and they died. By the way, that's yours too. That's not just the preacher. Every time things get a little rough on the ship, you want to bail. Every time something doesn't go right the way you think it should. Every time something gets a little tough at home, first thing you want to do is say, maybe we need to find a different church. Has it ever dawned on you you're getting set up by the devil, the world, and the flesh to go to some dead thing that entertains you a little bit? The main purpose of a local church outside these walls is to win the lost. The main purpose of the church inside these walls is to teach the saved. You're not here for entertainment. Though I am extremely entertaining. You're welcome. Don't clap, just throw money. (laughs) Did you help add any fruit? this church this year? Preacher, I've been awful busy. You're busier than God ever wanted you to be. Right, yeah. The world will take every second of your life if you keep giving it to them. Somewhere along the line, you're going to have to say, not anymore. I'm not talking about full-time workers. I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about where you say, you work so much, you're dead tired. You come in, you can't listen to the Bible being yeah. preached. You don't even come to an altar and we're dying on the vine. We're dying. We're not bearing fruit. And yet we sit right here to stare at the preacher like, when's he going to preach an exciting message? I counsel thee to buy gold tried in the fire. I said, you can only see what's going on. You're blind. You're blind. Why can't we see this coming? People today act like they can't see the end approaching. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. We talk about Armageddon all the time, and we talk about a one-world order, and a one-world government. Like, it's no big deal anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're doing it all the whole time. To, uh, by the way, don't ever vote or support or do anything with the uh, uh, United Nations. Yeah. Ever, ever. Or the World Council of Churches, or the yeah. uh, Ohio Council of Churches. No, don't. don't just quit falling for that stuff. Yeah. Local church is what God designed. I love the Baptist church. Not just because of us. I honestly believe, biblically, at least as of right now, I think we're still trying to produce fruit. Now when that stops, we'll still be a church. But if we've lost our purpose, there's no reason for us to keep existing. I can't make you do anything. My part is to preach. That's my part. My part is to search the scripture and pray. That's my part. Once I preach truth, then you become accountable for that. If I don't, heavy, heavy hangs on me at judgment. Preacher, why didn't you tell them? I did. Anchor Baptist Church, I think you have a bright future. I really do. Look at all these kids around here. By the way, they're all awake. Most of the adults have one eye open. <laughs> Train up a child. Amen. Make them stay awake. Yep. Make Bella stay awake. <laughs> I got a rest also. <laughs> got that beautiful little girl's face off. <laughs> like some adults I know. The purpose of a local are we, are we a real Bible-believing church? We don't just believe Bible. Faith that works is dead. Are we doing this? Have you talked with your neighbors? See, you're afraid to invite them because what if they get upset and they live right next door to me? Just put up a bigger fence. No, you, you have to win them over, folks. And if they don't, you still just be nice to them going about your business. Preacher, I don't think they want to hear it. You don't know that. You're not God. You won't know that until you talk to them. And it just might be that some people may actually sit in this church someday and you said, boy, I was worried about talking to them, but look at them. Here they are. (laughs) If a fig tree that's a real fig tree, Is not bearing fruit called figs. It has no purpose for being there. That's our our purpose, church. Are we blinded to that? Do we think we're doing okay when maybe we're not? I don't think so yet. But I sure don't want to get close to that. Let's pray. Father, thank you.